Let's see, it is 11.03 a.m. Uh, Garrett will welcome and announce that lunch service is open in exactly seven minutes from now. I will allow Garrett to do that. It's all you, Garrett. Um, and then um, we'll break at about 11.15, and I'll, uh, I'll go do my thing, Josh. Nice. Is this uh, – does it stay pretty close to – okay, here's the schedule, the uh, mode of operation here, and there's not a lot of wiggle room? No. Because I found – yeah, I found from my emceeing <laughs> experience that – Rarely does do these types of events start on time. Never. And the, Never. the actual schedule of how things are going to play out, it uh, I mean, you might loosely stay close sure. to the, the hey. road roadway, but it's yes. very rarely is it, like, spot on. You're going to go off-road in a little bit, and there's going to be a few time changes. Now, here here's what's great. There is nothing better than being asked to emcee a lunch event because what's a lunch event? People don't have an expectation to be here a very long time. It's lunch. You come in, you do your thing, bada-bing, bada-boom, you're done in an hour, hour and a half, right? That's that's what's great about a, a luncheon. Now, if you're asked to emcee a gala, dog, you could be there for a while. It's a whole thing, huh? It is a whole thing. So, so you, you said a speech. Like, how long is your speech? I'm going to send you a picture of my speech. Okay, you ready? And there is uh, this. This shows you how well prepared. I, I I'm going a lot off of um, doing the crowd a little bit, having a little crowd work here. So hold on here, Helmer. You now have a copy of my speech that is uh, in your in your text. So you tell me, you tell me what you think about my uh, my. Oh, hold on, because I'm 50 floors up. There you go. There is my speech. It's just sort of yeah, I, I, I got it. Yeah, it's just bullet points, man. That's it's yeah, that's points. that's really what you need. I mean, you can't. That's all I need. You can't be up there reading something. It just you know, it well, doesn't, doesn't and, feel natural. I, I, now, in in my defense, I did do that for the football banquet. There was a lot of reading, and I think Greg Nation would would attest to it. It it was natural. Right, I felt. Now I did have to get out my reading glasses, so that adds ten years to the way that I look. But I did have to read a lot because we were explaining the the rewards and the trophies that they won. This will be a lot of. Well, isn't all comedians do now crowd work? Isn't that all stand up is? It's like, ladies and gentlemen, Big J Oker's like, ah, there's Big J. He's having a conversation with the person in the front row. What are we doing here? What's going on? Let's let's get some comedy. It's kind of what I imagine this being today, Josh. Well, that should be fun. <laughs> I should just do a stand-up routine, man. You guys ever have a problem getting your reservations at a at a rental place? All of a sudden, someone in the back's like, "I work at a car rental place." It's like, "Ah, oh, we're off to a hot start." What is up with all this traffic? My goodness. Uh, in in lieu in lieu of the top five stories of the day, I want to spend a couple of minutes on each of the big stories within the Sooner Nation. You ready? Let's start here. Porter Moser. The OU men's basketball team went on the road and won debate about whether or not you want to call it a big game or not. I don't care. It's a conference win on the road when this team was in desperate need of a of a, any kind of win. And Joshua was on a night where, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird night in college basketball, right? I mean, 
you had Tennessee lose at home to South Carolina. You had a pretty bad Georgia Tech team beat number three North Carolina at home. Um, I don't know, dude. I just – I know it wasn't anything that we're going to hang in the Louvre, but, I mean, it was also not anything that I'm, I'm thinking is – worth complaining about Oklahoma took a 16 point halftime lead and won by 20 guess what Kansas State was terrible but I've seen terrible teams find ways to win when they're at home I've seen bad teams uh, teams that play poorly win games whenever the opposing opposing team misses 15 free throws and goes 3 of 14 from beyond the three-point line so I know for a lot of you it's always going to be well I need to see it again and that's fine but Feel how you want about Kansas State. This whole show has been trying to figure out what the heck that was last night from Kansas State. But, Josh, give me that dub any day of the week. Take the dub. And uh, I don't know that, generally speaking, usually it goes according to uh, a pretty script in Manhattan. seems like every, every game up there, and a lot of them have not gone well, of course, for Oklahoma the last 10, 15 years, however many years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take any win they get in the Little Apple because, generally speaking, it's it's sloppy. There's a lot of whistles. It's not a pretty brand of basketball, and you just want to exit with a W. That's it. So we'll learn more Saturday whenever they square off. Oh, wow, they're starting right on time. Look at that. Do you oh. hear that? Oh, no. Wow, how about that? I'm proud of them right now. Um, Jalen Moore finishes with 23 uh, on a night when, you know, arguably the guy that I think is, is your best player. Milo Zuzan doesn't play all that well. You got a chance to string a few together. Even though UCF is a different team at home than they are on the road, go to Orlando, get a win this weekend. BYU is really good. But you get them at home. They're, they're another one of those teams that are different at home than on the road. I mean, you got to – I'm not trying to get cart before horsey here, Josh, but you've got a chance to link together some wins here. You got a chance. Sure you do. Yeah, if you take care of business this weekend, then, yeah, you got a good chance to turn this thing into a four-game winning streak before you go into Waco. Um, Tonight, inside the Lloyd Noble Center, Oklahoma women's basketball team looks to stay hot as they square off against the number two-ranked team in the country in Kansas State. Do we have quick access, by chance, Josh, to our Ginny Baranchek cuts? Which one sounds – we played Ginny on her – style we played coach on the system getting better yeah, yeah getting, the, system and getting better how about decision making here i thought this was pretty good jenny Baranchek as she prepares for kansas state tonight six o'clock inside the lloyd noble center talked about this team improving its decision making well i think we're still in the middle of trying to grow and be able to see it but what i feel like in terms of our decision making i feel like we're asking the right questions you know, and I don't I don't know if we really were even understanding what kind of questions to ask, so, because there is a time and place where, you know, let's say you have 15 seconds left and you have a wide open, a wide open layup in the full court. Well, that might be the best shot that you're going to get. So you need to take that and then rely on that defense. So there's also different philosophies in how you do manage that. Right. So I, I do. I think we're starting to see and understand I also see our bench engagement a lot more hmm. uh, than, than what I've been able to see. So that's been fun. You know, the players that are on the bench looking at the players on the floor 
and saying, oh, okay, we should do this. Oh, we should have done that. Oh, I see exactly. Oh, that was a good call. Those types of things. So we still are not close to where I would love all five people on the floor, but we also play a lot of people. So we have a lot of different people that have to be actively engaged that could be in those end of quarter situations because we have three of them without having an end of game. So we have a lot more experience, I feel like, game experience and understanding that um, now that we're in the end of January. Um, yeah, agreed. It's it's a it's a very very exciting night and a necessary night too. Other notes from the Sooner. Oh, six o'clock. I probably should get the sales pitch in here. Six o'clock, Oklahoma, Kansas State tonight inside the Lloyd Noble Center. SoonerSports.com/slash/tickets. Go uh, enjoy, embrace it. Um, one more. Do you feel like this? NIL issue with Tennessee right now, Josh, do you feel like it could have some reverberating effects across the college sports world, or is it going to be one of those that we just uh, kind of look at in a few weeks and are like, hey, remember whenever they, they had said they were going to go after Tennessee for something? That was fun. Yeah, I think it all depends on if there's anything punitive that comes from it. Yep. I don't think anything's changing overnight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, – Look, it wouldn't be bad, right, yeah. if there's some sort of penalty that uh, curtails some of this. But, you know, until there's some serious reduction in scholarships, probably it's not going to be altogether scary for programs. Scary yeah. enough, right, to change the, the way that teams are operating. Um, I want to read one more text before I go. And I'm not in the business – Unless you say something really, really mean, I don't go and look back at your previous texts and see, like, what your deal is. Are you a troll or did you just have a bad morning? Are you somebody that just hate listens or do you just, you know, did you have a bad day? Right? It happens to the best of us. I want to read two texts. One of them was to Toby and TJ this morning at 6 a.m. And then one of them was to us at 11.09 a.m. Are you ready, Josh? Yes. Okay. Here we go. From the 918. Good morning in all caps with a bunch of exclamation points. If you had told me between Oway and Yuzan, they had six points, missed 15 free throws, I would have said no way we could have won by 20 on the road. Boomer! All right, so that's the text at 628 this morning. Sounds pretty positive. That's pretty positive, right? (laughs) Yeah. My man then just dropped this five minutes ago. Dude, if you watch the game, Kansas State could not hit the broad side of a barn, (laughs) missed a ton of open shots, Milos and Otega combined for six points, and we missed 15 free throws and won by 20 on the road. It was an anomaly. What? Bro, what happened to this man of like five hours? What? What just went wrong here? So I'm yelling. I've affected. You have caused me to affect the coach's lunches maybe, now, sir or ma'am. Maybe we just inspire honesty. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I love We got to give this dude. This guy's got to be the waffler, right? I mean, because you wake up this morning and it's like, dude, they won on the road. And you got to see these texts, though, people. Like, there's like all caps, good morning, <laughs> with a bunch of exclamation points. 
I love this guy. It, it really was a, a little bit of a heel turn here. Do, do you know what this might this might be uh, this might be my new favorite person uh, on the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line? I have given you a name, sir. When you text other programs, you'll know why. Uh, and yes, by the way, I did want to leave with some softball news. The six one four points out ESPN to drop their softball coverage. Um, I just there's this part of me that every so often I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, we're still in the Big Twelve for this season. Listen, every game that Oklahoma plays in softball should be nationally televised. So whenever that's why that's why when people are like, wow, look at all these games that just dropped. I'm like, awesome. Why are they putting any other team in the Big Twelve on ESPN outside of Oklahoma? Uh, here are the Sooner games. It includes Friday, March 29th. I'm sorry, uh, Friday, April 5th against Texas. In fact, the April 5th and April 6th games down in Austin will be on ESPNU and ESPN. The May 3rd game against uh, Oklahoma State in Bedlam, that's here in Norman this year, May 3rd will be on Fox Sports 1, May 4th will be on ESPNU, and then May 5th will be on ESPNU. So five Sooner games that will get national television, including the Big 12 Softball Championship Game 3 and the Softball Championship Final. But like I said, if it's not all the games that the Big 12 has, miss me. But that's good for the fans. I'm happy for the fans. I think Here's my thought. I know I got to go. Channel 9 or Channel – see how I'm doing here because I have been watching more local TV – Channel 9, Channel 4, Channel 25? I forgot the other one. If you guys can put a Thunder game on Friday night, why can't we put a softball game on? Is I don't even know what's on Friday night. What's the latest cop drama? Is it the cleaner that I had to watch 800 promos for this weekend, who apparently is a lady who's a cleaner that's also a spy? Who knew? Is it the latest Blue Bloods or whatever CSI we're on right now? Give me a softball game on. But, I mean, come on, people. Is is I don't even know what's a famous – what's a good TV show that's on ABC, CBS, or NBC right now? I, I have no idea I have what's no on clue. network television. No clue whatsoever. Like, I would usually say, I mean, I know an episode of Friends rates high on Thursday night, but Friday night. Bob's Burgers. There you go. Bob's Burgers. I can't have Bob's Burgers taken off the air. But, I mean, why if if we get the OKC Thunder on, why can't we get the Oklahoma Sooner softball team on? I think they would do pretty well. Dino, get on that. Type into your AI, tell them what you want to say, have them generate it and make it happen for us, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> that's, by the way, that's people think that Dean's tweets are AI generated. That's my new favorite. That's my new favorite thing in the, uh, in the Twitterverse. All right, I got to go, Josh. So you tell me Connor is aware that I'm disappearing? He is aware. All right, dude. We'll go and uh, see what we can learn about this Oklahoma Sooner softball team as it gets set to defend as the back-to-back-to-back national champs and do something that has never been done before in the history of college softball, which has won four straight national championships. We'll be back to recap it all next. Well, I'll be back tomorrow, but Josh has a little Gavin Sawchuck talk coming up right here on The Ref. It's the Plank Show. We are back. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hour number three of the Plank Show. Proudly presented by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405 405- 
703-378-4343. Mop and Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. Insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work. Fully insured, licensed, and bonded. That is, again, Mop and Roofing. Josh Elmer, welcoming you back as Plank is off to uh, his MC duties at the uh, OU Softball Coaches and, I guess, season luncheon today from uh, the 50th floor. How about that? Of the Devon Tower. He, uh, it's been a productive day for Plank. He's gone and retrieved uh, the headset he left in his vehicle, went back up, traversed the 50 floors, and uh, we've welcomed some some good guests. And, anyways, now he's... He's off uh, in softball mode now. Can you believe that? Softball is here, which means we welcome in Mr. Connor Pasby. Connor, good morning. Josh, good morning. Did you have a, did you have a good Tuesday night? It was good. Now, you uh, were you broadcasting basketball last night? What were you doing? I had wrestling. Man, I've been involved with wrestling a lot these past two weeks. I was over at Moore High School for uh, wrestling. They got a victory over Evan Santa Fe. I know that you were at Norman North, Eben North at Norman North basketball. Yeah, yeah the uh, the boys game was really good yeah. last night, but uh, two-time champs, tough to uh, – two-time champs, by the way, in both, girls and boys basketball, Edmund North. The uh, the boys got a little bit of a test, but uh, were able to pull away Edmund North that was over Norman North. So did you get to consume – I was sort of pulling a little bit of double duty. Uh, not a full-on Kevin Harlan where I'm broadcasting two games at once. <laughs> But uh, watching OU versus Kansas State as uh, the, well, second half unfolded between Norman North and Edmund North, I actually got to see a decent bit of it. Yeah. Did you did you get to watch or consume much at all? I, I did. Mostly the second half, a little bit toward the end of the first half. Man, I got in my car at, let's see, I think it was like 7.15 or 7.20, and I'm like, man, Kansas State has not scored and we're, with, we're eight minutes in play already in the first half. Dominant first half performance. It got interesting to start the second. K State started to come back a little bit. You started to get a little worried, but uh, overall, a good performance for Oklahoma, despite the free throw shooting. That's something they they really need to get uh, figured out here in Big Twelve play. Yeah, but miss- o- overall, a really good uh, victory. You'll take that on the road. You know how hard those games are in Big Twelve play. Yeah, missed uh, fifteen from the charity stripe, but. Uh- had to get it. Oklahoma found a way to go secure it in uh, the Little Apple, which, again, has been a place that OU's not had a ton of success over, well, the entirety of the Lon Kruger era and uh, maybe even dating back a little bit before that, too. But they, they found it last night in uh, no small part because of what they did defensively. If you had told me that Milos Yuzan and Otega Owe were going to shoot – a combined two for 16, and let's see, two for six. Two, two for 16 from the floor, yeah. 0 for six from downtown, and two for six from the foul line, and combined for six points, I would have said, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not, not going well in uh, Manhattan. But you know what? Little did we know that uh, Jalen Moore was going off for 23 and was very efficient. Eight of 11 from the floor. Uh, McCollum, 6 of 13. Soares, again, continues to be a big-time bench piece for this Oklahoma basketball team. 24 minutes last night and uh, chipped in with 10 points. And then 
just defensively what they did to Kansas State. I know a couple of texters today have uh, remarked, well, uh, K-State couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. They couldn't shoot it. And, and look, uh, when you shoot 4 of 28 from three-point land, the Wildcats did last night, that's, uh, to do the math for you, 14.3%, ladies and gentlemen. When you shoot that percentage, yeah, you missed some open looks, right? When you're that poor. But uh, Oklahoma defensively was also really good. OU was a big part of it as well. You don't just magically have an opponent go shoot that poorly and don't get any credit for what OU did defensively. They were great last night defensively, set the tone, and then uh, when things tightened up and K-State had it back within seven, they put the afterburners back on and uh, went and made plays to go close out a road victory, and that has been the issue for Oklahoma. Texas, tie game, 12 to play, 52 apiece. They don't get it done. They can't score. They can't execute. They couldn't defend, right? 9 of 12 the, from that point forward for Texas in that game. Texas Tech, what, 9-point uh, lead with 6 or so to play? Doesn't materialize into a victory for Oklahoma. That's the important thing from last night. Forget about was it pretty. Of course, we all know it was not that, right? Defensively, uh, that would be a big takeaway. But I think for me, tightening up, seven-point game, Oklahoma responds when they, they hadn't done that in the previous two, given chances to go closeout wins. Yeah, Miles Usdan did not have a field goal. He just had those two free throws. But you know Miles Usdan uh, does different things on the floor, six assists, four rebounds. A tough night for Oway, but down the stretch, he had two big buckets that had a little run there for Oklahoma to get the lead even more. Uh, by far the best game for Jalen Moore. That was very efficient from him. Uh, 23 points. He had nine boards. And OU out-rebounded K-State. That's another thing that stood out. There was no second-chance opportunities until uh, later in the second half, but overall it was a great rebounding performance for OU on the road. So off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line, which, by the way, if you want to call into Riverwind Casino jackpot line, we're open the rest of the way. If you want to dial us up and chime in, the, the floor is yours, my friends, 405-329-9000. But uh, off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, where it's easy to fire off a quick thought on the text line if you're if you're less inclined to do the old-fashioned i'm gonna dial them up and hang on the line and jump right in then uh, you can fire a quick thought off there colin kc asks why won't porter moser put caden cooper on the court at all that that's been asked quite a bit i i get it because he's a six five six six athletic guard that you can throw in there still a really young player for oklahoma but yeah his name has been uh, thrown around. People are wondering why he doesn't get a chance to get some minutes on the floor. He's got to just not be ready, right? I, I guess, yeah. Or hasn't practiced as well as some of these other guys. I mean, came in big-time recruit, big-time signee, blue-chip kid. I'm looking at uh, 24-7 sports, and I'm sure rivals and on three, ESPN, similar. 6'5", small forward, rated number – 65 naturally number six player in the state of Oklahoma number 15 small forward so I don't have a good answer for you on that and they're wondering why I mean Darth Art again got 19 minutes he played well in non-conference play but it's pretty obvious that uh, he's really struggling in big 12 play especially with his shot uh, he's in the ball game to shoot threes and play defense and those three pointers 
just haven't been going down for Darthard. One thing I do think that happens, Connor, with freshmen is if you get to this point of the season where you are in the heart of Big 12 play or, you know, insert conference here, going forward it'll be the SEC next year, right? You're in the heart of league play, and if a Caden Cooper or others haven't played a lot at that point, and has it been perfect for Oklahoma? Obviously not, right? They they lost the Texas game. They lost the Texas Tech game at home. That was a frustrating week. TCU, you would have liked to have gone down to Fort Worth and win. Could have played better in the second half. So it's not been perfect. They've lost four games in the last several, however many weeks, right? Three three weeks or so. But Oklahoma's also 4-4 four and four in Big 12 play now. They're comfortably into the NCAA tournament at this point in time. And if other guys are practicing or performing as well or better than Cooper, then uh, you haven't played him yet. You almost, I guess, as a coach, I think, feel like, should I roll the dice on it? Yeah, and you're, you're a little too late, it feels like, now in Big 12 play to really give him a shot. I mean, if he deserved to be on the floor, we would have seen him uh, toward the end of non-conference play to get some minutes on the floor. I think he's still a really talented you mentioned, I mean, from high school, really talented player coming into Oklahoma, highly ranked. Top 65 yeah. uh, everywhere I'm looking at right now. 247 rivals on three, all of them. Yeah, he thought he would get some minutes right away as a freshman, but you just haven't seen that. There's been a lot of kids that came in through the transfer portal for Porter Moser that have been making a pretty big impact. So kind of tough for him to really find some minutes now. And uh, 71st, by the way, for Cooper yeah. in uh, the ESPN 100, which uh, who knows, right? Who knows what the next month or two have in store for us if maybe he will find his way uh, into the rotation a little bit. Uzan and Oway, though, they, they were playing and playing significant roles a, a year ago. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's not always the same path for everybody. Yeah, j- just I still w- think you can be a star player at OU. Oh, yeah, just wait your turn. I know it's tough now in the college basketball era and just college athletics in general. When kids don't play right away as a freshman, uh, the first thing on their mind is to transfer to another school. So, I, yeah, I hope he uh, sticks it out for next year and can be a big part of uh, this Oklahoma team. Plank is uh, out and about. He is at the OU softball kickoff luncheon downtown in OKC from the uh, Devon Tower. Uh, up high on the 50th floor. And anyways, uh, so he's out the rest of the way. Somebody sent this along in the spirit of softball. The uh, ESPN broadcast, well, their their scheduled slate of broadcast has been released. Uh, I'm looking at a story. Who is this from? This is, this is from the ESPN press room, so it's their press release. Uh, 3,200 regular season softball games across all of their different platforms. That's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN+, Plus, ACC Network, SEC Network, Longhorn Network, uh, ACC uh, on ESPN+. Plus. So all of their cable platforms and uh, obviously their digital platforms, 3,200 games. And uh, now, how many of those are on the linear networks of ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, the ACC Network, SEC Network, and Longhorn Network? 200, so or just about 200. So a lot of these are going to be where they've been, which is ESPN Plus and, uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, that's a lot of, a lot of broadcast, and uh, Oklahoma, of course, is, is going to be a part of a, a good bunch of that. 
Yeah, good bunch of that on the ESPN in general. They, everyone wants to see the number one team in the country play. Let's see here. The uh, Longhorn Network, I guess, was initially going to get the uh, trio of games between OU softball and Texas, and now the, the first two on April 5th and April 6th will be uh, broadcast on ESPNU and ESPN, and then that uh, third game on April 7th will be on the Longhorn Network. So let's see. And I'm guessing it's still flow softball at the beginning of the season like we had. It is. Okay. It that's is, what, that's uh, what I thought. which I would uh, encourage everybody, just dial into the radio, my, into, yeah. into my man playing. Yeah. More than 80 regular season television appearances by the preseason top five teams. That is uh, five for Oklahoma, 17 for Tennessee, 12 for Stanford, 12 for Florida State, and uh, 34 for Texas? Oh, wow. I guess is that because Longhorn Network? Yeah. That's that's probably what's going on there. But uh, that the Tennessee number is interesting because for OU, you think about going forward, OU being in the SEC, that, that number, which is five right now, will balloon next season, I think, uh, and beyond. You want to talk a little football? Let's do it. Yeah, let's, get, let's do it. Uh, how good can Gavin Sawchuck be? He was just listed, uh, you know, pro football focus kind of constantly releases graphics to keep itself in the headlines and to keep myself and others writing about things that pro football focus has done. And anyways, they, uh, they shared the graphic, uh, I think it was yesterday, that uh, had their top-rated freshman running backs in. Okay, Gavin Sachuk was among that 10. How good can he be, though? It was a fabulous finish to this past season. What's going to happen next? Let's discuss on the other side. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Moppin' Roofing brings us hour number three of the Plank Show. Bob Moppin and his team, they've got you covered, Oklahoma. 405-703-3843. That's the number to call. Okay, teased it before the break. Gavin Sawchuk graded as a top 10 freshman running back by Pro Football Focus. And uh, I'll cop to not knowing every single one of these other freshman running backs. Uh, seasons, you know, inside and out, right? But according to Pro Football Focus, Sawchuck, the seventh highest graded freshman running back from the 2023 season. And let's see, I'm going to do some digging here because the, uh, you know, really, when we're having this conversation, what does the front half of last season matter for Gavin Sawchuk's grade, right? I mean, that's bringing the grade down. Yeah. The uh, the way he ended is what we care about, right? I mean, that's the Gavin Sawchuk we were waiting on, not the uh, not the Gavin Sawchuk that took uh, until the end of the season to find. But at any rate, he was the seventh highest graded freshman running back, and he ended last season on a tear. And the question is pretty simple. How how good can Gavin Sawchuk be, Connor? Yeah, I think he could be really good, man. Early on in the season, he dealt with an injury. Still finished with yeah, 744 yards, which that number would have been a lot bigger if he was healthy for the whole season. I think it's been a big difference uh, from year to year for him. I think he's starting to break some of those tackles uh, a lot more than the previous season. Felt like he was an easy guy to bring down, but he ran a lot harder uh, this year, he was a, a big-time back for OU this year. The end of the season for Gavin Sawchuk uh, went like this. He uh, the, the year itself, 120 carries, 744 yards, nine 
touchdowns for the uh, Littleton, Colorado product. But, uh, you know, his season high up until the trip down to Stillwater was 63 rushing yards, and he had a long of 30 to that point. So mid-October, high on the season, 63 rushing yards, long of 30. And then the month of November on, right, at Oklahoma State, 13 carries, buck 11, long of 64. West Virginia, 22 carries, 135. uh, One touchdown, by the way, versus Oklahoma State as well. At BYU, 14 carries, 107 rushing yards, one score, long of 29, long of 30 versus West Virginia. Uh, TCU, 22 carries, buck 30, long of 41, three touchdowns. And then uh, Arizona, 15 carries, 134 yards, one touchdown, long of 62. So it's like every single game from that point forward, you had a chunk run from November on for Sawchuck. 64, 30, 29, 41, 62. Those were the long rushes for Sawchuck uh, in each game to close the 2023 season, the final five, when uh, before that the long was 30, and uh, obviously he hadn't rushed for more than 63 in uh, in a game. And the final five, he goes over the century mark in every single one. So is that what's to come? That's got to be the expectation, right? And to see Solchuk stay healthy for the whole season. Had five straight 100-yard games. You see the breakaway speed with Gavin Solchuk. Uh, a little bit undersized as a running back, but that doesn't matter when you have speed like that and you can get to open space. Uh, he's a hard guy to get down when you're at the second level with the speed that Solchuk has. BYU run was pretty impressive too, right, where he busted off the would-be tackler and got into the end zone. That uh, that was a good sign because Solchuk sort of comes in, right, with the, okay, he's got this track speed, he's got some serious giddy-up to him, but seeing the development of, I'm going to be a tackle breaker is uh, important for obviously a great back. And again, the question basically is, is Gavin Sachuk the next great Oklahoma running back? And can he be a guy that you can give the ball to 20 times a game? I thought they would give the ball to him a lot more towards the end of the season, but he still had a lot of yards during that five-game, 100-yard uh, performance that he had. He did. He was really impressive uh, to end the season running the ball for OU. And let's hope he picks right back up where he left off. Of course, you know, the, the front portion of the season, it's all connected. The offensive line – Right, uh, you've you've filled some needs via the transfer portal. How is it all going to come together? It was a little bit of a well, a lot of bit of work in progress at the beginning of 2023. Let's hope that's not the case for 2024, right? So, Sawchuck can pick right back up where he left off. But to me, he's the no doubt obvious number one running back going into next season. And let's see what happens around him. Yeah, that's true. He'll be the number one. You, you want to see who he shares the reps with next season, the first year in SEC play. And maybe Which Tatum's he, Tatum. special <laughs> enough that he'd come in and, and be kind of that dude Man, alongside him. That's a really talented freshman running back coming in, and he can feels like a guy that right away can make a big-time impact when he has the ball. True Sooner is uh, on the phone lines. True, good morning. What's going on, Joshua? Well, what's happening? Oh, you know, just enjoying this weather, man. This How is, can you not heating up? I mean, this is this is, uh, this is Chamber of Commerce, San Diego. You know, if you want to get if you want to get somebody to move here, this is the the day you bring them in. <laughs> right. Yes, this is a good <laughs> recruiting visit day. Yeah, this is the way it is every day in Oklahoma. <laughs> Indeed. 
I mean, it probably wouldn't be a big a lie as what we, as some of them have heard, I'm sure. Um, I had a question for you. I was listening to uh, Jason Belzer on with the NIL stuff. Yeah, that was really interesting. It was. It was super interesting. I, you know, they are kind of framing it, and, and for somebody that's interested, you know, we, we, we pay donations and we pay this and pay that all year long. And, and I, I wish they would, you know, when they were kind of framing it as a, um, as a streaming type thing where you get different things. You know, I was looking at it, and, you know, they have a nine ninety nine a month thing, which gets you this package and they have a, they have a, I don't know what, what the next one was. Was it twenty nine ninety nine a month, which gets you this thing? And, and then the, and then the top dog one, the forty nine ninety nine a month, it, it says, you know, it's basically the same thing. It kept, it says stuff like you get all autograph events or you get all meet and greets or you get where the other ones you don't, you only get a, and I wish they would be a little bit more clear on, you know, a forty nine ninety nine stream is, is, is kind of high, <laughs> you know? So I've had people ask me, they can go, Hey, what, you know, what does forty nine ninety nine get you that twenty nine ninety nine does? So I wish they would come out and be a little bit more, not be so vague. And maybe they don't have all the answers yet. But I think if you, um, uh, I mean, I would imagine if you reach out to the Crimson and Cream Collective, you'd probably get a better idea. Right. And I know it's something that's you know it's something that's the way the it's the way the world is and and all that kind of stuff. But when they ask you to go on a a monthly subscription and pay six hundred dollars well, a year. You, yeah, you want to you want to know what you're getting. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah, and then and in today's world, you don't get write-offs um, like you used to. Um, you used to could write all that don't all that football donation money off years ago, and and you can't do any of that anymore. So you know, it's something that's interesting that that I'm interested in. I just wish that, and I know playing probably doesn't look at it, but when you're when you're looking at the three packages or whatever that whatever it is, and the you know with the with the eight dollar deal, you know, you with the uh, totally tickets thing, you know, you you pay eight dollars and you pay sixteen and you pay thirty two, and, and for each step you go up, you get more chances to win stuff, or you know, and which and so, which I mean, is a great idea, cool. brilliant. It is, it is. It's like you know, it's like buying lottery tickets, but the more money you spend, the more lottery tickets. And, and that's you know? pretty clear, and I think it makes sense to people. Which uh, when, when you're trying to put something together like this. People have to be able to wrap their mind around it. They do. And I thought I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was interesting because he sounded like he thinks a lot of the stuff, uh, or, you know, Oklahoma, you know, is prepared for um, the fallout, uh, for, probably for lack of better words, you know, what's going to happen in the next five years, the fallout, what's, whatever's going to happen to it. Oklahoma kind of is prepared for that. He seems um, very uh, – Oklahoma's got a good guy that uh, is – steering the ship here in Jason Belzer. He seems to have a great understanding that uh, they're working as much as they can hand-in-hand with the football program to put put data in front of them that makes sense, right? Of, okay, here's a legitimate valuation of what this player or that player is worth, and they have an idea of where things are headed, which it's a kind of a murky venture, right? It's uh, it's a little unclear, very unclear where things are going, but they seem to, at least when I listen to him, he got me pretty convinced that he's got a good idea of uh, where this might be headed, which is huge for Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and I, I'm really curious on what it's going to be like five years from now. You know, I'm really curious, um, you know, what kind of perimeters, what kind of, um, you know, what, what you, just if you had to guess right now, 
you know, not not bring, you know, not talking about numbers or anything, but do you think there's going to be a lot of changes, or do you think it's going to be kind of like, ah, oh, we're still in that mode five years from now? Do you think there's going to be a lot of, of ceilings and and, and how are question. they going to, you know? You know, with the NCA going, hey, we want, you know, we don't want to be the strong arm of the law anymore. It's a great How's question. Let be- me hit it on the other side, True. Yeah. We'll see you, man. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call. One final TO. We'll make that our Primrose final thoughts next, right here on the Rav. All right. One final time. We are back right here. It's the home of Sooner fans. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Almost called you Chris Plank by uh, force of habit. I'll take that. Well, it would be a compliment, right? Primrose Funeral Service Final Thoughts with 80 years of service, their sincere commitment. It's to make things a little easier for you and your family during what uh, obviously is a difficult time. Primrose Funeral Service, 405-321-6000 or visit them online, primrosefuneralservice.com. One text and then a response here to a True's question. Realtor Chris, this is a good uh, text. OU's NIL task force and compliance department, they're prepared for all scenarios. They study what everyone's doing right and wrong and, as always, do things the right way. I agree. I think there's uh, some pretty smart people over there with uh, great leadership that understand what what they need to do to keep Oklahoma competitive. Where is this all going? I mean, look, uh, do I have uh, the winning lottery ticket? <laughs> If, uh, if I could tell you that, I'd be a genius, right? But uh, I, I do think it'll look different in five years. I, how much different? Is it radically different? Are we still in a situation to where the Eclipsin and Cream Collectives and Insert Schools Collective here, that there's a strong push to get money there to incentivize players to come to your school? Yeah, I think there's a chance that it's still there to some degree. But uh, if it's five years or however long it is, I do think eventually probably it's inevitable that we're getting to a a revenue share situation. I don't know when that happens. Hey, that's it for me, for Connor, for Plank. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody.